0: afternoon, everyone. It is Sunday, June the 16th, 2019. It is currently 4.04 p.m. Central Time. Well, I hope everyone is having a great Sunday afternoon. Mine has been very relaxing. It's been very restful. It's been very peaceful. I have been sitting here in my study. I have been reading a book called *The Early Church Fathers: A Daily Readings Guide*. It basically breaks the Church Fathers down into daily devotionals. Um, you know, they're very small devotionals, but they give you at least um, it's a, it's a way that if you've already read all of the Church Fathers, it's a way just daily to get a little bit of the Church Fathers to remind you and to kind of just help you remember what the Church Fathers had to say and to challenge you with their thinking, their way of looking at things, the way they handle the scriptures. So um, it's an interesting book. It's a little small book, uh, leather-bound. Um, I don't know. I carry it around. I always have it with me. Uh, the Early Church Fathers. It's kind of, you know, I don't know. Uh, it's. I can recommend it. But that's what I was doing this Sunday afternoon, just reading The Church Fathers, listening to the rainfall here in Abilene, Texas. And then at some point, I decided to turn on a family radio because, well, you know, I talk about family radio all the time. I can't help it. Family Radio has been a part of my my entire Christian life as an adult. Um, I mean, from the minute I the bus pulled into Omaha, Nebraska, when I, I joined the Air Force, that was my, the first base off at Air Force Base. When I got stationed there, as soon as I got off that bus and I got into the car with my sponsor, when you're in the military, you get to your new base, they assign you a sponsor to help you get settled. When I got in the car, the very first thing I heard was Family Radio. And Family Radio is still a part of my life all of these years later. That was like 1990 and here it is 2019 and I'm still listening to Family Radio. Uh, But as I have said so many times, Family Radio does a lot of Bible reading. A lot of Bible reading. So just this Sunday afternoon, They have read, and when I say Bible reading, they do Bible reading without comment, without commentary. It's just straight Bible reading. And that's one of the things, you know, if you listen to family radio all day, the amount of scripture you will hear read during just a normal day of listening, it's really hard to comprehend unless you do it. But just this Sunday afternoon, just in the few hours that I've been listening, they've read pretty much the entire book of Nehemiah. They have read all of John chapter three and countless number of individual passages of scripture. Now, some of those individual passages of scripture, they've offered some comments, some commentary, some devotional type thought along with it, but lots of scripture this Sunday afternoon. And you may be asking, so you, you you hit record to tell me what you're doing on a Sunday afternoon. No, actually I did not. I hit record because as I was listening to family radio, guess what happened? they announced this week's Family Radio Scripture of the Week. Now, if you remember last week, since Sunday being the first day of the week, so last week, Monday, remember early that morning, I picked up the iPad and hit record to get everyone to focus on last week's Family Radio Scripture of the Week, which was John chapter 10, verse 10. What I did is I hit record, read John chapter 10 verse 10 and gave everyone two questions to consider. Two questions to consider about John chapter 10 verse 10. Those two questions were, number one, who is the thief? Number two, what does Jesus mean that he came to give us life and life more abundantly? Who is the thief and what did Jesus mean about a, you know, a life more abundantly? Now, during the week, I posted lots of sermons to John chapter 10 verse 10 on the VBC66 app. The VBC66 app, VBC stands for Victory Baptist Church, 66 stands for the number of books in the Bible. The VBC66 app, you can get the app by going to the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store. But on the VBC66 app in the sermon and Bible study notes section, I posted a number of sermons on John chapter 10 verse 10. To encourage the focus on that. Now, hopefully, by today, the goal was for everyone to have memorized John ten ten. I don't know if that happened. I don't know if, that, if I accomplished anything. But that was the goal. Because as Christians, we should try to hide God's word in our heart, right? We need to hide it there. And you hide it there through memorization. But as I was listening to Family Radio, well, they moved on to this week's Family Radio Scripture of the Week. And guess what I want to do? I once again again want to get everyone to focus on this scripture for the week. And I will try to post some devotional thoughts, some sermons on this, this Family Radio Scripture of the Week this week as well. I don't know if this is going to be something I commonly do, but, you know... Nothing, I'm always trying different things, just trying to find that one thing that will that will really uh, work, so I hope this will. But uh, yeah, this week, the Family Radio Scripture of the Week is John, is once again in the Gospel of John, John chapter 17, John chapter 17, verse 22, John chapter 17, verse 22. I'm going to read it from the King James Version of the Bible first. John chapter 17, verse 22. Jesus speaking, And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. All right, John chapter 17, verse 22, the King James version of the Bible. It reads like this, John 17, 22. Once again, Jesus is speaking, and the glory which thou gavest me, all right? so Jesus is speaking to the Father, the glory which you, Father, gave me, I have given them that they may be one even as we are one. John chapter 17, verse 22. Now, just like last week where I gave you two questions, as soon as they read John 17, I was once again hit with two questions. And the questions this time, I think should be pretty obvious to you. Let me read it one more time. And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. All right, are you ready for question number one? You can probably already figure it out. What glory, okay, What? how do we understand this glory that was given unto the individuals Jesus is speaking of, all right? Jesus is speaking, again, he is speaking and and he's obviously speaking to the father and the glory which thou gavest me, he's speaking to the father, God, the son, God, the father, the son praying to the father and the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them. Okay, what do we mean by glory given to them, right? Now, clearly he's obviously referring to the disciples. What glory was given to them? How do we understand this glory? Now, I thought maybe this is just the King James using a term that none of the other translations use, but look, all of them use the same term. Uh, John John 17, verse 22, the New International Version. I've given them the glory that you gave me. New Living Translation. I have given them the glory you gave me. ESV. The glory that you have given me, I have given them a Berean study bible i have given them the glory uh, you gave me the the Berean literal bible okay and i have given them the glory which you have given me every translation you can find it's the same concept so this is not like well the king james just uses some term and we've got to figure out what it actually means no that's not the case the king james is using the same term all the others and it's very simple the gl- the glory jesus is speaking to this again to the father the glory that the father has given to the son he is given to them. All right, what does this mean? What does this mean? Like, in a practical way, what does this mean? The glory he gave to them. And does this glory that he gave to the disciples, does it apply to us? Have we been given the same glory? What glory? What does it mean? All right, that's, that's question number one. And I think you should get question number two. This should be very simple. Uh, question number one, what is this glory, what does it mean that he gave it unto them? And number two, he goes, he's given them this glory that they may be one, even as we are one. Actually, we're going to end up with three questions here. We're going to end up with three questions here, right? Question number one, what gl- what glory was given unto them? And, and 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 right along with that, we could actually break this down to four questions, but that's okay. So what is this glory that was given unto them? And, and we'll, just go, we'll kind of make this a part of the first question. Um, does that apply to us? Are we given the same glory or was it just specifically for the disciples? Number two, what did Jesus mean that they may be one? What did Jesus mean when he, when he, he gave them this glory that they may be one? What does he mean by one? one church does he mean one what one what one body one like how do we understand one now again this is this is this seems like a simple answer i know some of you are going to start throwing out. well it just means the invisible body right i just mean well he's going to give them something that they may be one if it's the invisible body they don't have to do anything to be one right because we're all one in christ correct so is this referencing something else? Like, what does he mean by maybe one? One what? One in what way? Right, because obviously there was going to be different churches, but that were they all under one type of, like, how do we understand this oneness? Oneness in doctrine? Oneness in theology? Oneness in belief? Oneness in, in what? And what, what does he mean by that? Maybe one. And then... Well, this is a third question. He wants them to be one, that they may be one. He's given them this glory that they may be one just as we are one. Jesus is speaking of himself and the Father that they are one. Now, somehow their oneness, right? Now, please hear what I'm saying. Their oneness, we're not referring to modalism, Sibelianism, or oneness Pentecostalism, which is basically modern-day modalism or Sibelianism. We reject those as heresies, right? But there is a oneness somehow with the Father and the Son. Now, obviously, one God, three distinct persons, so we don't want to destroy the distinctiveness of the person, but at the same time, we don't, do not want to destroy the unity. So what does he mean by one, what does he mean by that? Now, obviously, throughout church history, especially uh, once you get into the 1900s and you have the, the, um, the rise of the uh, Pen- witness Pentecostal movement, uh, their understanding of witness kind of goes back to a modalistic or, you know, the modal- modalistic idea. And I don't want to go all the way back through that. Are you sure you understand what that means? Because somehow he wants them to be one as the Father is one right as the father and the as the father and the son are one he wants them to be one there's a there's a com, a, a comparison like hey okay i'm going to give you this glory the same glory that was given to me to given to me by the father and i'm doing this that you may be one and i want you to be one as we are one as me and as me and the father are one now of course jesus is praying this and again he uh, let me read it again john 17:22 and the glory which thou gavest me I have given them that they may be one as we are one. Now, this is an important passage. Sometimes Christians will cite this. Um, maybe arguing with, trying to argue with a Mormon or Jehovah's Witness. I think sometimes they run into all kinds of problems because they, I think a lot of Christians who cite this, they don't even themselves really understand what it means. What is Jesus stating there? Right? What is Jesus stating there? They're one in what way? All right? How does that contrast to the oneness he's calling that, that, that for the disciples? And, and this is another thing we could, I mean, I, this could turn into like 50 questions, but they all relate. So let's go through these. First question is obvious. What is this glory that he gave to them and does it apply to us? All right. Number two, um, he wants them to be one. What does it mean by one? Now was it only a one is he only calling for this oneness is only referring to the disciples, or does the oneness he called for them to experience is a oneness that is supposed to also apply to me in 2019 with thousands upon thousands upon thousands of denominations? Like, look, like what what are we referring to? All right, because Jesus wants is he is he simply wanting the disciples to be one? Right? Or is it something for us? How do we answer this? And what does it mean that the Father and the Son are one? How, one in what way? Because it obviously contrasts to what he's praying there for the disciples. All right, so there's your three questions. What is this glory that was given to the Son that he gave to them? What does he want from them that they may be one? One in what way? And does that apply to us? And what do we understand when Jesus says, when he refers to, uh, you know, hey, the, I want them to be one as me, as we are one, speaking of himself and the Father? What does he mean by that? Now, these are some important questions. These are some, uh, some important questions because John seventeen twenty-two again is often cited, often quoted. But do people really understand it? And again, John 17:22 is the family radio scripture of the week. They don't offer any obviously commentary. They just read John 17:22. They want you to memorize it. And it is a good verse to memorize. I just think I think a lot of people do have this memorized and they throw it out there. This verse has been used to promote the ecumenical movement. This verse has been proved to try to argue the deity of Christ, or the, or sometimes may try to get into some kind of argument about the Trinity. Um, so this is you. So th- this verse is used for a lot of concepts. I don't know if people ever really answer what this glory is that the Father gave to the Son, that He gave to the disciples. And I don't think if anyone ever bothers to go, wait a minute, does that glory apply to me? And the one that oneness that he prays for them is that does that also apply to us? And how do we understand that oneness in a time, especially in 2019, with so many different denominations with absolutely different doctrinal beliefs, contradictory doctrinal beliefs? How do we reconcile that? And, and how do I understand the basic nature of the Father and the Son? Jesus is praying to the Father. So there's a distinction there, right? But yet, he says we are one. So in what ways are they one? And that's what we need to try to understand. There is a lot to unpack in John 17, 22. Now, I apologize if that wasn't clear. Uh, but that's, that's the goal here, right? The goal is, I heard this. I heard them just just a few minutes, you know, just a little while ago, read John 17, immediately picked up the iPad, hit record, and then I'm thinking out loud about these questions. And then the goal is to spark conversation, discussion, focus, working together. That's what I always want to happen is trying to get Christians talking and discussing the scriptures together. Sometimes it seems so hard to get Christians to talk Bible. I mean, you... It, you can get people to talk about all kinds of things. You just sometimes can't get them to talk about the scriptures. All right, I'll stop right there. There's John seventeen twenty-two. We kind of have three questions. I know there's some like subparts there, but I didn't think about all the subpart I, when I when I first heard. I came up with two questions immediately. And then once I started recording, I realized, well, wait a minute, there's actually three questions. And then as I was recording, I'm like, wait a minute, this could be like five questions. But I think I've clarified that enough. And if you need clarification, pl- please let me know. So the Family Radio Scripture of the Week is John 17, 22. It's going to be the VBC 66 Scripture of the Week. And, uh, well, we'll see what kind of sermons we can find. Uh, it will be interesting to get the different sermons and how they handle this passage of Scripture. Um... Do they even answer the glory part? Do they answer the oneness part? Do they answer um, the you know uh, the 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 disciples oneness and Jesus uh, Jesus pray, that, that claiming that you know Him and the Father are one? Do, are they gonna? It'll be interesting just to see how the pastors approach this and the different sermons that we find. I think I think we're gonna get a lot of different. Um, I think this is gonna turn into hey, I posted this sermon. What did y'all think about it? And then we're gonna be like, oh no. I need to re-preach the sermon that we just heard to try to correct. I, I think I don't know. Who knows? I, my mind is already racing trying to figure out what we're going to discover when we start listening to what other people have to say about John 17, 22. Remember, be humble. Do very good work on studying this. Be careful with your answers. Right? until we are sure that we can figure out John 17, so that actually we can understand what it means and then try to figure out how to apply it based on what it says. Let me read it one more time. John 17, And the glory, Jesus speaking to the Father is praying, and the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them that they may be one, even as we are one. I've already kind of done some of the work for you. Clearly he's praying for the disciples. How does that apply to us? Well, all of those questions have that implied there a little bit, all right? So what is this glory that he gave? What does it mean that he wants them to be one? One what? And what does Jesus mean when he when He speaks of him and the Father being one? One in what way? Because it obviously has to compare to how he wants the disciples to be one. There's a There's a connection there. So we can't just answer one without forgetting the other because he makes it very clear. And this glory seems to be somehow connected to the fact that they would be one. (laughs) Like, Like there's a lot there I'm trying to figure out. All right, I'll stop. Please, please, please do some work on this and please let me know what you find and what you discover. And hopefully this week we'll have the opportunity to dig into God's word if God is willing if we get to make it through this week, if we get to live through this entire week, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. But if we do, hopefully by the end of this coming of this week, we can say praise God, we got to feed upon the Word of God, and we now understand John seventeen twenty two better than we ever did before. All right, have a great day. I've got to get ready for church this evening at Victory Baptist Church, and wherever you go to church, hopefully you will enjoy services there as well. God bless. <music>